0: that we're launching today called All That Matters. And, uh, and, and today, I've entitled today's uh, message, let's look at it. What your life is for. What is it for? You know, I think uh, a lot of people go through life and, and, uh, and wa- honestly wander through life. And, and while they're wandering, they're wondering. And uh, wondering, like, what in the world am I here for? I remember as a young, uh, a young kid in elementary uh, with my, my uh, sitting against the schoolhouse uh, with my, heads, my head on my knees thinking, there's got to be more to life than this. And, and I, I, I honestly, I, it's just like there's, I, I didn't know the Lord. I didn't come to know the Lord until I was in my 20s. And uh, at that point, I, I thought, there's got to be more to life. Because I was looking at adults, they looked miserable. Yeah. At least the ones that I was around. And, and, and at our house, I you may have heard me say this if you've been around, at our house, it was either wars or rumors of wars. But there, there was always con- constant turmoil going on at our home. And so I thought, man, there's got to be more to life. And honestly, I was at a place... at horrible place at that time, where I I even considered ending my life. And that's a horrible place to be. And I know that some of you have been there. I've heard some of your stories before, and thank God uh, that you uh, didn't go there. And I want to help you in that. Uh, Just a few weeks back, there was a a pastor at at the age of 30 that uh, was pastoring a church of around 5,000 people that took his life he He saw that it was not worth continuing on and had some beautiful kids, beautiful wife, great church as i understand and He came to a point in his life where he was done and he He took his life and that that's sad uh and so i i don't want to leave it on that note or even start off on that note but but life is too short uh, is too short uh uh, one, you don't want to end it short uh, on purpose, but two, even if it happens just all of a sudden, um, my wife was telling me she read in the paper of a, a gentleman here locally that uh, was 52 years old, and uh, his life ended just uh, just on the 31st of last month, and he uh, was a... a, a uh, a business owner, as I understand locally, and his life at 52 years young. Crazy, yeah. I say that because I'm older than 52, not much, but uh, that is just crazy, and so his life ended, yeah. and guys, uh, whether your life goes on to uh, be to 120 years old or, or older or younger or whatever around there, uh, however old you end up to live, uh, it's still too short to not know what you're here for. And so we want to talk about all that matters. And today, what your life is for, what is it for? Why are you here? Why are we here? I I believe that God has a great plan for every person. Every month I write a note to my grandson. I've been doing that since he was three months old. My grandson just turned eight years old. I do that every month, like clockwork, every month, every month, every month and I, and i ended to this this last uh note to him it's i say note it's more of a short letter that i i ended with and i said son you i mean grandson you're destined for greatness and and i believe that every one of us are but it's got to be in the whole uh uh the whole uh, thought behind the whole letter was is that you're, you've got to live life intentionally in order for you to have the life that God wants you to have. And guys, if you want to have the life that God intends you to have, then you've got to be intentional about the things that you do in your life. I'm not going to go over the letter, but I'm going to tell you that uh, you cannot just go through life, rock through life, and hope that you get to where you need to get by, by accident or by chance. It's not going to happen. Most people are miserable. Most people don't like the life that they have. And the reason that you have the life that you have is because you've not been intentional. And so what I want to do during this series, and it's going to be a, just a three-week series, so it's going to be here and gone. I want to encourage you to try to be here through the whole series. Is I'm going to, I'm going to talk about something that I believe uh, uh, will help us in, in, our, in our journey here on this earth. And so I want to start out with Luke chapter 9. And I'm going to read a lot from the Passion Translation today. I like that translation. And uh, verse 23 and 24, it says, Jesus said to all his followers, If you truly desire to be my disciple, you must disown your life completely. I like another translation. It says that you, you must deny yourself. And so you must uh, disown your life completely, embrace my cross as your own, and surrender your lives for my glory. You will embark on a discovery of more and more of true life, but if you choose to keep your lives for yourself, you will lose what you try to keep. Now, I know that this message is going to be a very uh, tough message for some, if not most, in that, if you want the life that God wants you to have, then you're going to have to live it for other than yourself. It cannot be a bit about you. The reason that people are miserable is because they're living it for the wrong reason. They're utilizing their life, they're, they're directing their life for all the wrong reasons. The most discontent person on the face of this earth are those that are selfish, that are self-absorbed, or those that are living for themselves, if you will. Okay, and so I know that's why you came this morning, so that you could hear this. Yes. Isn't that right? Yes. And 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 so, but I'm going to try to help you out. And, and, and the Bible calls it living in the flesh. And if we live in the flesh, uh, then we, according to Scripture, we cannot please God. It's just not going to happen. And honestly, if you will look at it from this pers- perspective, rather than I'm displeasing God... It's, it's, it doesn't please God for him to have desired and designed for you a life that he intends for you to have, and then you choose a different path. That's just, disple- just displeasing to him. And uh, he wants you to have the great life that he wants you to have. Jesus came that we might have life and have it to the fullest or to have it more abundantly. And too many people are falling short in that area. And uh, and and we treat God and God's Word more like a buffet line, and we pick and choose what we apply ourselves. And more people are uh, are entering in and living a life of, of omission, a sin of uh, of omission rather than a sin of commission. Uh, they're they're missing the mark in 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 their daily decision making. So what I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about something that can be very um, How can I put it? Uh, Very touchy for some people today. Because I'm going to talk about the importance of giving not only your life away, but giving your resources away, your finances away. That you would live your life as a life uh, that is generous. And, And I'm not talking about just to the local church. I'm talking about as a way of life that you would do that. And I'm going to tell you, it'll rock your world. It'll change your world if you'll learn to to be generous in your life. Now, there were two instructions that I felt like the Lord gave me this year, and one I have fulfilled, one I'm fulfilling now. One, I felt like he said that you need to talk about the importance of the Holy Spirit in our life, what it means to be spirit filled to be spirit led and i we talked about that if you want to go back and listen to that series, I encourage you. I believe that God was setting us up and is setting us up for greatness. Uh, I talked about faith in order to get us to where we are today, and that's to that 's to understand that what God has for us he has uh in in everything that God has for us he it's, it it shouldn 't be something that we ought to uh, be fearful of, that we need to be embracing, and that we can walk in faith and be assured that it's going to be the best thing for us. Are you understanding that? The second thing, not only the Holy Spirit, but our generosity, that we need to be generous. I believe that people are failing because they're, 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 too, they're too self-absorbed in their life. And as a result, they're, they're not generous. They're not generous in, in, in every area. And I, you know, a lot of pastors kind of back off from this, but I'm going to say, I'm going to say this is that a lot of people are not generous in their finances. You've got to learn that this is going to be something that's going to be a blessing to you. Now, you can't give yourself into a place of, of blessing and prosperity. You can't do that if you're mismanaging your finances. You've got to be a good manager. You've got to you got to live within your means. You've got to budget your finances and that type of thing. But you also need to be generous. And so, so what I want to do is you're, you need to understand that you were created for generosity. Why are you here on this earth? You were created to be generous. And if you're not walking and living that out right now, you're missing the mark on God's best for your life. And that's just a fact. Generosity isn't something to take away from you. It's something that's going to not only bless you, but it's going to bless others, those that need your generosity. Yeah. And I know, I understand that there are those that are out there that will, can take advantage of your generosity. I hope through this series that you will understand that. I understand that there are spiritual, what I call spiritual moochers out there. I understand that there's people that are takers, and they're out there, and they'll they'll take you for everything you have, and and because they just that's the that they don't they just live a selfish life, and and so you need to understand how to how to navigate through that, and I believe that I can share that with you today, hopefully, but I just do want to share this with you. (laughs) I just want to share this message with you. I think you, you all of us need to understand that we were created for generosity. So with that being said. What is your life for? First of all, your life is for demonstrating God's love. God's love is demonstrated through generosity. That's just a fact. God so loved the world that he he gave and he gave and he continues to give. Love is giving, very much so. So what I want to do is I want to talk to you and I want you to think about I want you to think about being generous. That generosity isn't for those that what you think would have the means to be able to give. Everybody in America, especially, has the means to be able to right. and to give generously. Amen. Everybody. Yeah. And so uh, we need to. Many of us just need to manage our finances better. Yeah. Is the reasons there is the reason why we don't give and we're not generous, but. Let me take you to 1 John chapter 3, verse 16, and we'll start there. It says, this is how we have discovered God's reality. If we want to understand the reality of, uh, of, 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 of love's reality, God's, God's love in our life, then we're going to have to understand this scripture. It goes on to say, Jesus sacrificed his life for us. Because of this great love, we should be willing to lay down our lives for one another. If anyone sees a fellow believer in need and has the means to help him, yet shows no pity and closes his heart against him, how is it even, how is it even possible that God's love lives in him? I'm going to pause here. I'll get back to the rest of the scripture in just a moment. How do you know when to give? Because if we gave to everyone that has a need, we ourselves would find ourselves in need. Okay? How do you you know that? We'll talk about it in a little bit more, but you need to know that God leads you through that compassion, through your heart. You will have a heart, when you have, when your heart's reaching out to help somebody in need then you know that that's God's prompting to prompt you to get out and help them. There's, I mean, there are so many needs all over. I mean, my goodness, you can go down the road. You see people um, holding signs on the side of the road. How do you know whether you should help them or not? Well, if your heart's not being pulled towards them, I personally just keep on driving. Because some of these people, they probably make more money than I do yeah. doing what they do. You might laugh, but I'm serious. And so you've got to be in tune to God's heart, I mean, God's leading in your heart. God will prompt you. He will let you know in your heart. And the Bible says when that happens, don't close up your heart. In other words, let it be expressed through generosity. Go ahead and follow through and trust God. Okay? Okay. Is that good? So there's, there's my coaching in that and trying to help you and how to be generous. And, uh, and understand God's bigger than somebody, you know, miss abusing it, abusing the system, abusing people's generosity. Just understand. God, he'll take care of you if your heart's right. Let's go on. It says, beloved children... Our love can't be an abstract abstract theory we only talk about, but a way of life demonstrated through our loving deeds. We know that the truth lives within us because we demonstrate love in action, which will uh, reassure our hearts in his presence. And so we'll just, we'll know when we act on it, we'll know, our hearts will know it was the right thing to do. Have you ever given to somebody? It's like you gave out of pressure, you gave out of their manipulation or whatever, and when you followed through and you gave and you felt, you almost felt like you've been raped. I've never been raped, so I'm sorry for you that have been because I'm sure there may be some that have been. But I understand, you feel violated, let me use that word. You feel violated. You feel like, man, I I shouldn't have done that. I did it. But it's too late. Even if that does happen, you just trust God, okay? Uh, My wife received a phone call just recently, and uh, there was uh, somebody that uh, at one of the stores uh, locally had uh, uh, purchased something for somebody that was there, And it was a, anyway, my wife received a call. She says, I just wanted you to, I just wanted you to know that somebody from your church bought something and they, they left a card and I don't know them. I didn't meet them. I didn't talk to them. And I just wanted to say, thank you. And, and I'm going to tell you when we do stuff like that, it's an expression of the love of God. And, and we, we've made, and I'm going to encourage you to do that. We've got these little cards out there that just says something extra to show you that Jesus loves you. And they're, they're out on the uh, on the, uh, the uh, uh, Welcome Center. You can grab some. And I've, there's other churches that do this, so it's not original and our original idea. But I heard of uh, one church that did, that they were in a, a drive through line, and uh, they paid for somebody's meal behind them. And uh, they just left the card and said, hey, would you give that to them? And uh, they drove off, and that person called the, that church and said, listen, I was on the verge of suicide, and it transformed my life. And that person uh, came into the church, and I, I believe it's, the story is that they got saved. Amen. And so it, it's just it's just powerful. The love of God will change lives. John thirteen thirty five says, "By this we will know that they are my disciples if they have love for one another." I'd like to say it this way: If they have generosity for one another, are we are we being generous to people? Where's our generosity? You know, uh, 1 John 3 tells us that we ought, to, it, it, uh, we ought to be willing to sacrifice our life if need be. That's the love of God being expressed. Uh, the Bible says that in, in 1 Corinthians 14, it's not on the screen, but it says to, that we ought to strive to, give our, to, to show love. That we ought to pursue love, another translation says. That ought to be our way of life, that we're pursuing to be generous. Are you with me this morning? How can I be generous? Some people don't even think that way. My thoughts is always, how can I be generous? I mean, I'm looking for opportunity. I can't do everything, but I can do something. I can't do it for everyone, but I can do it for someone. And and I don't know what that generosity looks like for you or how it needs to play out in your life, but I'm here to tell you, you can be generous to someone. And you were made for generosity. You were made to love. We've established that love is generous. And so God tells us, even love our enemies. Even be generous to your enemies. I'm not going to be generous to them. I don't care where they go, you know. No. I don't care what happens to them. No, the Bible says pray for those who despitefully use you, those that even, even misuse you, if you will. And it, it tells us to be generous in our life. Are we good this morning? Yes. Secondly, your life is for sharing God's goodness. I love this. It, it's it's designed. Your life is designed to share God's goodness. First Timothy chapter six verse seventeen through nineteen. It says to all the rich of this world. Understand in in comparison to the rich, rest of the world, the most poor individual in America is richer than the majority of yeah. most people in the world. Yeah. Okay, so to the, so that we're rich. So to all the rich of this world, I command you not to be wrapped up, wrapped in thoughts of pride over your prosperity or rely on your wealth, for your riches are unreliable and nothing compared to the living God. Trust instead in the one who has lavished upon us all good things fulfilling our ever need. And then he goes on to say, remind the wealthy, talking to us, to be rich in good works. Say good works. To be rich in good works of extravagant generosity, willing to share with others. This will provide a beautiful foundation for, for their lives and secure for them a great future as they lay their hands upon the meaning of true life. The meaning of true life is our generous, generous life in the lives of others. Now notice it said that we're to do this good works. Goodness, goodness, believe it or not, means generosity. Uh, the Bible says in, uh, in, in Scripture that the fruits of the Spirit, one of the fruits of the Spirit, let's bring it up in Galatians chapter 5, one of the fruits of the Spirit is generosity. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. I looked up that word goodness, it means generous. Or generosity, or it means to, to be a giver. So if we're walking in the spirit, if we're walking a spirit led I'm telling some of you are enjoying this. We need this, guys. I'm telling you, you're missing the mark if you're not being generous with your life. You gotta you've gotta understand this is the meaning of life. You've been created for generosity. You've been created for goodness, and goodness is generosity. Some translations actually use the word generosity. It's a fruit of the Spirit. So when we're following God, and that, I believe that one of the reasons why, and I didn't put the two, to two together, but I believe that, uh, I believe that why the, God told me to talk on and speak on the, the importance of the Holy Spirit in our life is because they tie together. God wants us to be generous. We make an impact through being generous. When we give our life away, that's when we're able to make a difference in the lives of others. Romans chapter uh, 2, verse 4, it says, And do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and longsuffering, knowing this, that the goodness of God, or we could say it this way, the generosity of God, through his people, leads men to repentance. It's when we're generous. I I know for my own self, in my own life, when I get in the flesh, I want what I want. I can care less what my wife wants. I can care less what she's asking for. When I'm in the flesh, when I'm being selfish, self-centered, self-absorbed, who cares what you want? I want what I want and I can even get angry about it. Isn't that true? But when I'm close to God, when I am following God, when I'm being led of the spirit, when I'm when I'm when I'm just just prayed up, when I'm been in the word, guess what? My heart just wants to give. It just wants to pour out. I, I believe, you know, that's I love our church and I pour out, my wife and I, we pour out our lives in this for this church and for our city because we because of the love of God, the goodness of God inside of us that is prompting and leading us. Yes. You'll never be generous without being connected to the Holy Spirit and walking with Him and led by Him. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit. And you say, well, you are you saying that I'm not being led by the Spirit? I'm not saying that you're not being led by the Spirit. I'm just saying that you're not being led by the Spirit all the time. Right. Do you know that you can shut off some areas like a, a buffet line? Right? right? You, you can have one of the fruits of the Spirit like joy. One of the fruits of the Spirit is joy. Well, I'm, I'm just, I'm just uh, there's nothing to be happy about. Well, listen, it's a fruit. It's not a circumstance. It's not a situation. You can have the joy of the Lord regardless of your circumstances. It's, it's a fruit of the Spirit. It's a fruit that comes as a result of walking with Him. And you choose it and you walk by faith. And as a result, you can be joyous even when all kinds of bad things are going on around you. And so love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Hello with kindness. Some people, I tell you, you get them behind a wheel, kindness goes out the window. Todd. It's like, what happened to that fruit? He said, that ain't one of the fruits of the spirit. Kindness, where's that in the Bible? right? (laughs) New Yorker, man. New Yorkers, you got to watch them folks. Amen. We love them though. Praise God. So your life was meant for sharing God's goodness. Goodness is being generous. It's meant to share. The best thing that you could do with your life is give it away. The worst thing that you could do is hold on to it. it, And this is a battle for every single person on the face of this earth. Because if you don't intentionally walk this walk, you're going to default to selfishness. If you don't, that's why, as a as a church, one of the things that we're constantly doing is we're challenging you to do exactly what I'm challenging you to do today, and that's to give your life away. And it starts every morning by giving God first place in your life, and we'll talk about that more tomorrow, uh, next week. But unless you want to be around tomorrow, I'll talk to you tomorrow. So, I think this is good, personally. Let me give you one more thought in closing cuz I don't want to over overload you today. What your life is for? Thirdly, your life is for sowing God's life. It's for sowing. Your life is meant for generosity and your life is a seed that is being sowed. Financially, your decisions, your actions, Whatever it is that has to do with your life is a seed that's sown. Your life can produce life in the lives of others. It can produce life in your life, depending on how you sow. I want to take you to Galatians chapter six, verse seven through ten. It says, "Make no mistake about it. God's will—God will never be mocked. For what you plant will always be the very thing that you harvest." Get this. Hear this. Understand this. One translation says, God's not, uh, do not be deceived, God is not mocked whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. But notice this, it says, for what you plant, whatever you plant, even a thought, a word, an action, a seed, financially, gifts, whatever it is that you plant, whatever you plant, it goes on to say, it will always be the very thing that you harvest, if you, if you plant seeds, apple seeds, what are you going to harvest? Apple. If you plant orange seeds, what are you going to harvest? Oranges. So whatever it is that you plant, that you will harvest. Understand that your life is nothing but seed, seed, seeds, seeds, seeds. Guys, you got to start being intentional with your life, that you sow your life all the time. Today, you did something well. You did something good. You sowed your, you sowed your life into something spiritual. Amen. By coming to church, by being connected with other people, by uh, entering in relationships, developing godly relationships, all these things are seeds that are sown. So let me go on. Verse 8, it says, The harvest that you reap reveals the seed that was planted if you plant the corrupt seeds of self life into this natural realm you can expect and experience a harvest of corruption corruption means it's just it's going to fall apart it's yeah. deteriorate it's you know it's it's not going to last and if you plant a good seed good seeds of a spirit life you will reap the beautiful fruits that grow from everlasting life of the Holy Spirit. In other words, when you plant whatever you plant in doing what God wants you to do, it's going to produce life. In other words, it's 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 going to be vibrant. It's going to be alive. It, if you if you plant. If you plant into the things of God, it's going to produce godly things in your life. If you plant just to, to, to be self-absorbed and you're absorbing your, everything about you and, it, and you care less about anybody else, then you're going to get a harvest. But it's going to be short-lived. It's not going to be satisfying. It's, 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 it's always going to leave you wanting more. It's almost like a drug addict. Always wanting more. Always wanting more. Never Never fulfilled. But when, when there's life attached to it, it's so satisfying. You know, my wife and I and others in our church, our dream team, many people that we, we pour our life into this. I, 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 we, meet with our, we meet with our small groups. We pour our lives into it. Yes. Not because we have to. Not because it's our responsibility. It's because honestly... We want to have God's best being poured out of our lives into the lives of others so that it produces life in them. Our, God created us to be a, a giver, to be generous. And, to, and if, if we could teach young people this, can I, can I take two minutes and meddle a little bit for you parents? Listen, the best thing that you can do, parent, is, is to teach your children to be unselfish. The best thing that you can do is teach your children to quit living for them and start living for God and living for others. And and, and, and teach them to, to, as the scripture says, deny themselves. Teach them that, you know, yeah, you may not like it, but this isn't about you. You're not doing it, you're not doing it for you. You're doing it for others. Well, you know, I could, I could use those finances to get me another, another, whatever you want. Oh, you probably could, but let me tell you, by you doing what you're doing, it's, it may make an impact in that other person's life that is life-altering, eternal, life-changing, that it radically just uh, alters that person's life. I'm telling you. You have within your means... Specifically, I'm talking about finances today, but I'm talking about your whole entire life. You have within your reach to make a life-giving difference in the lives of others. You know, we, we, we're, always, we're always inviting you guys, and I'm not doing this, and I'm not saying this so that uh, so I, we can get more people involved, but we'd love to have as many people, all of you involved, in giving your life away, in reaching people through our church. Through our dream team, our ministry team, our small groups, the various things that we do, we want you to understand that life is not about you. You keep living it for you. You're going to go go ahead and 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 be miserable. It's going to produce something that's just corrupting. It's just hard. Right. quit turning me off. <laughs> I know he's not doing that. It's probably one of the toughest messages that I'll ever have to preach. Yeah. That you've got to die to you. Yeah. That you can't be living for yeah. you. It ain't about what you want. It ain't about what you can get. It isn't about what you can store up. Now, God's not opposed to you saving money. As a matter of fact, Scripture talks about us, and it's important yes. that we have storehouses. It's important that we lay up a legacy. There's 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 some important things, but let me tell you something. The majority of your life is meant, and I, I'm so excited about this little small series that we're doing, because I think it can alter all of our lives if we'll take it to heart. Amen. Amen. Let's function. Let's function in the way that God wants us to function. And understand what our life is meant for. It's meant to be generous. And if you're not being generous, then why not? My question is, as is always, what's the Holy Spirit saying to you? Where do you need to alter? Where do you need to change? What do you need to do? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today's...